about your news feed and your timeline, but if it's been anything like mine here lately, some people uh, bring tidings of great joy. And I, uh, and I found a few of them, and I put them all in one place. Have you got that, you got that picture, Tammy, of the, the first one? Yeah, here we go. This is, uh, you could say some people were busy over the holidays, and this is what it looks like. Uh, so if you'll allow me just one second. Um, over here in the far left, the two pictures are together. This is Laura, who's married to Danny. Danny was in our youth group years ago, and, uh, and they had a baby. This is their first um, and, uh, and they're really proud of them. And they actually, uh, this is on Facebook, but it's, uh, we also got a text message. And, uh, and I don't know if it was from Danny or uh, from his parents, but they were like, you're gonna, we can't wait for you to meet this little one, and you're going to love his name. And, uh, and I was like, okay, his name, cool. And, uh, and I'm like, it's not Scott, because I'm reading through it, and, and it's, um, his, name, his name was Thomas Hilton Wesley Giglio. And I was like, cool, I love his name, because it's like Wesley, because like that's John Wesley, Thomas Hilton Wesley Giglio, that's a lot of names though, right, everybody agree, you know, because they look like normal kids, right, why would they have a four-name baby, because that's, uh, no, no offense to all the four-name babies in the room, but uh, four names a lot, right, four names a lot, and then I pick up on it, you see, you see the little beanie on, um, uh, he goes by Tommy, you see the little beanie on Tommy's head, it says GT on it, his initials stand for something. His initials, and you'd ha- you have to be a, like a tech nerd to know this, and I don't think there's any tech nerds in the room, but uh, his initials, T-H-W-G, stand for to heck with Georgia. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually serious. I, B- Butch, I know, this is coming up in the SPR meeting, isn't it? Um, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. This is a tech nerd thing. It's uh, the nine o'clock service. They just all like moaned. They were like, and I was like, yeah, we're going to judge this family right now. Um, but they're nice people. They, they're really great people. This, uh, this, um, uh, but they're excited about the baby. This, uh, this little girl in the upper right corner, this is um, the little girl that was born to some uh, friends we know in Columbus. She was born like earlier this week and on day one or two on earth, she's already had surgery on, uh, on a birth defect on her spinal cord. We want to lift that family up in our prayers. They say she's doing really good, um, moving around, her legs are moving around, her muscles are working, but, um, but we want to uh, 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 pray for her. And then, um, and then this little guy in the corner, um, he's a member of the church here, and, uh, and his parents are using him uh, to announce that they're expecting uh, a little sibling, and he'll be a big brother later this year. And you, and, and you see these photos and you realize that the new year for these families brings like really new stuff, right? I mean, you know, but, but, but maybe, maybe it's not babies that are new for us. Maybe it's new resolutions. Maybe it's new commitments. Maybe it's this new thing or that new thing or, or I don't know, which is actually the question for the day. When we start the new year, how will we know when the new thing is here if it's not as obvious as this? Right? And we're going to try to answer that. We've spent now a few weeks talking about the Christmas story, and we're still in the Christmas story. We're still in the Christmas story. We, 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 we've, been, we've been singing these great songs of Christmas for weeks, and we've been listening to the verses, and we're actually still in these, uh, these infancy stories in the weeks that 
follow the birth of Christ. I mean, in, fact, in fact, it was just a couple weeks ago that we, uh, that we read in Luke's Gospel that, that, that it says this, this angel came to Mary. And we, 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 we marvel that God would choose this young woman to literally carry his plan for the salvation of the world for nine months. And then, and, then, and, then, and then Joseph and Mary both chosen to raise up Jesus from, from his first days into adulthood to be the plan for the salvation of the whole world. This, this is amazing. And, and what we find ourselves in the scripture reading this morning, as we're going to answer this question, we're trying to answer this question around, around how will we know what new, new looks like and, and how, how will we recognize it, we, we find ourselves in the new year with a story that most likely came about in the first new year of Jesus' time on earth. So I invite you to turn to the scriptures with me as we open up our Bibles. We, uh, you know, we give these away. They're on the, the tables out there. Bring, bring one with you. Bring your own with you. We, uh, we invite you to, uh, to, to carry the word of God around because we believe that it has power for us, especially as we read it together. It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 21, this first little story following the Christmas story. If you look up one verse, the, the shepherds returned home glorifying and praising God. It says in 21, when eight days had passed, Jesus' parents circumcised him and gave him the name Jesus. This was the name given to him by the angel before he was conceived. And then, and then, and then we can read between the lines that some time passed in between those, those, th- that day and the next day when it says, when the time came, so maybe this is a few weeks, maybe a month or so, when the time came for their ritual cleansing, the there, I think, implies both Mary and jo, uh, Jesus. So, so Mary, after the pregnancy and the delivery, and, and Jesus now, um, uh, now, now, you know, this little baby. In accordance with the law from Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. It's written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. They offered a sacrifice in keeping with what's stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. This is the word of God for we the people of God, and we say together, thanks be to God. With with all that had happened in the previous nine months, you get this sense that this was a big day. Again, Again, one angel comes to Mary, with news, and her response is, if I, if, I, if I could remember it back, is, wait, what? Who? When? And then, and then she follows it up with, how? Pretty accurate, right? The angel comes and says, hey, good news. You've been chosen to bring it. I can't, but I'm not the, you know, this and that. And another angel comes to, to, in another time, comes to Joseph, and, and his response, best we can tell, would have first been, oh my gosh. We had great plans. We, we had it all laid out. And now, the angel says, don't rush, don't rush to cancel them. But the timing is going to be different Is that a fair statement? The timing at Christmas is going to be different than you had planned for it to be. And so so with her now expecting, they, they, they they get married. You get the sense that now that the baby's here, 
This might be, listen to me, this might be the first time in their young married life together that things are happening according to the right schedule. This might be the first time that, that they're able to walk in and say, yeah, we're here on the right day. Things are worked out right. Like, like they're excited. I would go so far as to say this day marks a new chapter for them, which is, which is surely why, why my Mary would have passed this story on. Why it would make the Gospels, because this is a new chapter, a new thing, and they're looking forward to it. Many of us can probably remember, uh, you know, like, like these, these pivotal moments, these, these first public outings. How many people remember that, that first trip to the doctor after, after you've left the hospital and been home for a, a few hours maybe or a day or so? How many, how many people can remember the, the first time you met the niece or the nephew or the, or, or the grandbaby? Or how many, times, how many people can remember the first time that you got to meet the neighbor's little one after you had been praying for them and checking on them and helping them and doing that kind of thing? I mean, you know, this is, this is that kind of moment. This is that kind of moment. This is the kind of moment when, when someone stops and takes a photo because it's the first of the first of the first. My, my dad, from time to time, uh, will, will send me pictures. That's not fair. My dad, from time to time, will send me a lot of pictures. Uh, you know, and he'll tag them. He'll, he'll, he'll make the longest file name ever, and it'll say, you know, Scott, Kirk, Miriam, Dan, Christmas, such and such and such and such, and he'll describe every person in the file name so that so that we won't forget, you know. And I think he thinks that he's helping me out, that like I'm going to take some of the pictures and use them like on a Sunday morning in a sermon that, he, that he's helping me out. So to make my dad happy, here's one of those pictures. This is, uh, this is Christmas of 1976. There's my dad in the corner there looking down. Um, this is, I guess, a pa- apparently a candid, because not everybody's looking at the, uh, at the camera. My grandmother Augusta, my Aunt Zadie, my, uh, my, my grandfather Carlton, my mom, my Uncle Wade, and then my mom there in the little, like the blue um, sweater or coat is, uh, is holding first Christmas ever Kirk, my brother, who right this very second is preaching a better sermon than you're hearing over in Wrightsville. <clears throat> and then a kid with a lot of hair there in the middle uh, would be me. But you notice, you notice behind this Christmas photo, what do you, what do you see what that is? That's the, uh, and maybe some of you remember, that was, uh, it was featured at the, at, at the Christmas Eve services last year, and we had it here last year. My parents let me borrow it, and we, we had it in the chapel. That's the nativity set that my grandfather hand-whittled himself, and it's got, it's got all the parts, and uh, he would add to them year by year by year. And he got to where he would add to them, and he would go, I'm not certain that person was at the Christmas scene. And he'd go, oh, yeah, but when you read the Gospels, they're all a part of the story. That's what he would say. I mean, he would say that. At the same time that he was making like my aunt and uncle or, or my mom like freeze still with like a bathrobe on so he could get like, you know, the, uh, the, the, the wrinkle to the, so he could make a shepherd kneeling just so. And you know, I gotta say he was right. Because Luke tells the story and in one moment Jesus is being born and the shepherds come down. Right? And then in the next moment, eight days later, a few weeks after that, Jesus is with Joseph and Mary as a little one, and they're bringing him to the temple. And then in the very next moment, the, the, the circle expands, and the nativity is no longer just the three of them. 
But it says that there's this fourth one who comes along. So, so we continue reading in the scriptures, and it says, it says, a man named Simeon, this is verse 25, was in Jerusalem. He was righteous and devout. He eagerly anticipated the restoration of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. The Holy Spirit revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Led by the Spirit, he went into the temple area. Meanwhile, Jesus' parents brought the child up to the temple so that they could do what was customary under the law. Simeon took Jesus in his arms, were hoping that he asked permission, and praised God. He said, now, Master, let your servant go in peace according to your word, because my eyes have seen your salvation. Do you understand what is happening here? I mean, he's been promised. Your next chapter, your last chapter, will not be written until you see the one who I've promised is coming. And here, he's holding him. Because my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared this salvation in the presence of all peoples. It's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for your people, Israel. It says, Joseph and Mary were amazed by what was said about Jesus. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this boy is a sign to be the cause of the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that generates opposition so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. Oh, and by the way, a sword will pierce your innermost being too. This, 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 this grand central station moment with the three of them navigating their way through the crowd, gets intercepted by this one who, who God had promised, I will show you the one when he gets here, and it'll happen before your next chapter is written. Before your last chapter is played out, you'll meet this one. And here, and, I, and, I, and I've said this this morning, I, I'm going to guess it's a thousand people. A thousand people would have been at the temple that day. The priests that were doing their jobs, the, 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 the men and the women and the children who were making their, their, their religious pilgrimages that would have been traveling from out of town. And then, and then and just, just like this, this couple, there's all of those who were in business, who were families, who were required by the law when this happened, this happened, this happened, or this happened to go and make an offering at the temple. They would have been up there as well. There would have been a thousand people walking by this scene in the matter of a few moments. And here's this couple with a baby and the guy comes out of nowhere and says, let me take and hold the one who's promised to save us all because we've been waiting on him. But Luke says, wait, there's another one. It says in the next verse, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, who belonged to the tribe of Asher. She was very old. After she married, she lived with her husband for seven years. She was now an 84-year-old widow. She never left the temple area, but worshipped God with fasting and prayer night and day. She approached at that very moment and began to praise God and to speak about Jesus to everyone who was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. 
This is, this is, this is what, this is, this is the way that Luke is telling the very next chapter of the Christmas story. The baby's here. And for the rest of the world, right, for the rest of the world, all the decorations are taken down. But Luke says, no, wait, wait, there's more that's still happening. There's a new thing that's happening, and the new thing hasn't been completely revealed yet. That's what's fascinating when you take these one, two, three stories and read them all back to back, is you get the sense that, hear me, hear me, that that Mary and Joseph know the new thing is happening. You know why they know the new thing is happening? Because the new thing is waking them up every 90 minutes wanting to be fed. Can I get an amen? Right? They know the new thing is happening because they're having to wash diapers over and over and over and over again. They know the new thing is happening because it's right there in front of them. But there would have been a thousand people there. And it says only a few of them recognize the new thing. This is a story that I believe would have been set at the beginning of a new year. And it's a story about new things. But it has this this amazing this amazing power and, and how do I say like, like program for us to understand how God works in revealing new things. Now, if you'll allow me, I'm going to, I'm going to, my imaginary whiteboard for just a second. I believe that new things come in two types of categories. And the first is simple. Okay. Here it, it is over here. This is the, the, the new thing category, and we're going to call it the obvious new thing. And I've been talking about it all morning, right? The, the most obvious new thing is this right here, right? I mean, like 999 out of 1,000 babies are born to parents who know this is a big deal, right? And we pray for the one baby out of 1,000 whose parents don't understand this is a big deal. But, but you just, it just kind of comes with the territory. When the baby's born, you understand things are going to be different for a little while. How about forever, right? The obvious new thing, whether it, be, whether it be the baby born, whether it be the new relationship, whether it be the engagement or the marriage or the job change or the career move or the change of location or the house being sold or him passing away or her not only, no longer with us, the obvious big thing. And the thing is, and, and this is good, there, there are people in the room that have experienced, all of us have experienced these things. Some of us are experiencing it right now, but, but the obvious new thing, we don't need a lot of help picking out when it's happening. But I don't know about you, I'm starting 2019, now that we're six days in going, they call it a new year, but to be honest, it's not that different than the last one. And another putting, other than putting a different date on the back end of the check, I mean, New Year kind of ho-hum. I mean, if, if you're like me, New Year, what's all the fuss? But I would hate to be one of the thousand people on that day that missed out on the new thing God was doing on the new thing God was doing. Can you imagine? There were a thousand people, and Mary and Joseph walked by them, carrying the Savior of the world, and they didn't know it. 
So how do we keep from missing it? And I, and I want to say, this is the order. This is the order. The, the, the first way, how do we spot the new thing when the signs are not obvious? The first is, you've got to be aware of it. And, 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 and to be aware of it is only by the prompting and the leading of the Holy Spirit. But then, but then the next level is we are open to the Holy Spirit. Now, this is directly out of Luke's gospel. We are only open to the Holy Spirit when we have prepared ourselves by spiritual practices and disciplines. Listen, listen, listen again. Listen again. In a span of three verses, we are told that Anna is devoted to prayer fasting, and chastity. I mean, the, the story is, suggests that, that she was faithful in marriage and then celibate in singleness. Prayer, fasting, and chastity. These spiritual practices that the church has been practicing for, for 2,000 years and then Jews and faithful people were practicing even before that because that's what's being described here, that these faithful practices, these practices are preparing a person to be open to what the Holy Spirit is doing, but there were a thousand people that missed it. And it doesn't say at all that Simeon and Anna were more special than everyone else. It just says they were more ready than everyone else to see the new thing. Remember, they didn't walk in to the temple with the baby in their hands. Their their, their new day was not as obvious, and yet they recognized it when it happened. So, So what will it take for you and I to not miss out on the new thing God is doing. Not a single person in the room wants to be referred to as the one who missed it. Not a single person in the room wants to be referred to as being the one who didn't get it, who missed out. How do we not miss out? Well, we're ready for it. We're prepared for it. And the Bible says this happens through these practices. Last line. It's Richard Foster. I I quoted him in the video. Richard Foster, who talks about spiritual disciplines, these things that we're encouraging people to start the year renewing and committing to and staying with, he writes about spiritual disciplines, and you're going to like this. He said, the most difficult problem is not finding time. We got the time. It's not finding time, but convincing myself that this is important enough to set aside the time. It's important enough because we don't want to miss out on what God is walking right past us. Let's pray. Gracious God, prepare us through these practices, through these disciplines, through these activities. To be aware, prompted by your Holy Spirit, O God, 
to be aware of the new thing that you are doing. Even when it's not obvious, help us to see what you have in store for us. For we know this. It's good. We pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.